Welcome back to another episode of In Jessica's Corner. My intention is to discuss the topics and areas of life that have become taboo. I'm committed to saying the things that people think or admitting the thoughts and feelings that insecurities prevent from being said. I invite you to join me in just being open and transparent with yourself as you listen to each and every episode. As always, please remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Your support is greatly appreciated. Welcome back to another episode of In Jessica's Corner. So today's topic is going to be entitled, Maybe You Should Consider. So of course, to some degree, I'm at a place where I feel like it's time for us to um, consider the odds that are against many right now due to the coronavirus. Um, Yesterday, I was actually in a very funky mood. Um... It had nothing to do with anything that anyone had done to me. It had nothing to do with anything that had possibly happened to me. It had nothing to do with any of that. I just woke up in a funky mood because I'm just over quarantining, social distancing, feeling like a caged bird in my own home, not really being able to just live and spread my wings the way that I would like. Um, And I think before I went to bed last night, I gave myself a reality check and pretty much was like, it's time for me to really think about like why I have an attitude and why other people are falling apart and realize that like my issue is minimal in the grand scheme of things. Um, So of course, um, as always, we bask in the gratefulness of all the things that we have, all the things that we have access to, and all the things that we can choose from. And it's pretty much our normal, natural reaction to magnify the good and minimize the bad. But after yesterday, I kind of think it's really important to consider others and their crisis and their struggles. And I feel like just blanket statement saying consider those things heighten the appreciation that I have for my life at current and the comfortable nature of how I'm living my life so I woke up this morning and I said this is a great conversation for my podcast because I think vocalizing these individuals or circumstances to consider would really allow people in general to understand the nature of this virus, the gravity of it, to to understand like how it's pulling and pushing people in all these different directions and how uncomfortable it is for so many people and just just having like a simple reality check. So first, and this is probably the most obvious thing, consider the single mother that was laid off or lost her job altogether. Um, I mean, of course, you know, losing your job is a pretty blanket statement right now because some people are on like furlough where they're just getting a reduction in pay. They may have to work full hours or 
furloughed, they're not allowed to work or laid off for a certain amount of time, but that's really like a undetermined return date, especially people that work in service, how, how are they paying their bills at this point? A single mother that pretty much controls the existence of how their house moves forward every day. Make sure their kids have what they need. Maybe even caring for another family member or something. Making sure they have what they need. What they need. All their needs are at the mercy of this one person that can no longer provide for them. And so, on one hand, imagine the people that are currently not getting what they normally expect, and then imagine the pressure that the person that provides is under. In that same regard, or to take it further, um. The person that just moved to a new city and unfortunately they're quarantined and working from home. So I thought about this because I remember moving to Charlotte and I remember only knowing a few people. Um, I remember how comfortable it was, how uncomfortable it was to learn how to like maneuver and be self-sufficient in a place where you are really you're only dependent at that point. Um, you don't really have the option to depend on people. The people that you might know might be 25, 30 minutes away. So you will have to figure it out. Um, something as simple as like what food places are around. And I mean, it's simple getting your car and drive, but imagine like being limited, just moving there, maybe not even having everything that you need right away, not even being able to physically interact with your counterparts at work to at least establish some professional relationships. Um, if you don't know a lot of people there, then you are in between a rock and a hard place because you're being forced to be alone. You just moved to this new city, so it's uncharted territory for you. And that's uncomfortable. Or we can consider... The person had just started a new job with difficult adjustments. So, of course, the virus has definitely required companies to become extremely flexible. And in that, it requires flexibility from employees because although processes and procedures may have already been established, and maybe you just mastered those processes and now they had to change everything in order to be able to complement this 100% digital virtual environment that we're currently working in. Imagine the frustration for that person or the fact that this person just had all these additional responsibilities thrown at them when they're still trying to figure out the culture and maneuver the company frustration at its best or families that have lost loved ones due to the virus or people that have had the virus to personally encounter the virus is already something mentally that I can't fathom um, because it just seems really difficult and unfortunately it is literally like a death wish when you are diagnosed with the virus. It's an assumption that we have. We understand that more people have survived than died. But I do feel like when anyone hears that they have the virus, that is their natural reaction. I'm going to die. Um, anytime that anyone gets on a ventilator, their natural reaction is I'm going to die. 
having the virus is unfortunately a death wish. Um, losing someone to this vicious virus and not being able to celebrate their lives the way that we're used to is also something that I'm sure those individuals toil with on a daily basis. Um, for me, I couldn't imagine losing someone close to me, only being able to have like 20 people there, um, not really being able to like really celebrate their life and have everyone come together on one accord to keep me lifted, keep my family lifted, whatever it is. Um, I think that is heartbreaking. Um, and to have to go through that virus alone in a hospital, only with like surrounded by strangers of nurses and other healthcare professionals that are there to help you. Like imagine what that must feel like for that person that's been in the hospital for 20 days. Um, it's an up and down roller coaster ride. They don't know if they're coming or going. They aren't able to really have their family come. Like, you know, you think when you go in the hospital, your family and friends will come visit you and encourage you and support you. But in this case, they don't even have that option. Um, we could take it further than that and even talk about the people that have recently had babies. Um, of course, you know, some some families choose to have everybody present after the baby is born. Others choose to have a limited presence at the, at the hospital and then try to like plan something at the house later. Um, I know a few people that have actually had babies during this time and some of them I've like spoken with the details, some of them I have not. And unfortunately, you know, if you wanted, let's just say if it was me, I'm married and I want like my mom to be there or he wants his mom to be there. Technically speaking, we don't have that option. Um, only one person, in addition to the woman that just birthed the baby, can be there. And depending on hospital parameters, for some people, it's one person per 24 hours. It's one person at a time. So, um, And that would also mean that the other person would have to leave the hospital premises. So, for example, in order for my mom or his mom to be able to see the baby, if that was the case, then he would literally have to leave the hospital premises. And imagine not being able to share that moment with your husband or your significant other or your baby daddy or whoever it is, like sperm donor, whoever. Just imagine like not being able to do that. So it's it's very like stressful. It's very unorthodox. Um, it's definitely changing the nature of how we interact daily. And to be honest with you, I'm a little concerned about what the new normal will be. Now, a bigger thing for me was to consider all the people that support all of those individuals. Imagine not being able to be there for your sister that is getting ready to have her first baby and you've had three. Or imagine not being able to be there for your mom who has the virus, who is fighting for her life and you just can't physically be there. Your significant other, your child, your grandmother, your grandfather, your uncle, your aunt, your cousin, your best friend or maybe even a friend down the road, or just someone you know. I think at this point, um, I've, I've finally been able to confirm that there are people that I actually know that have had the virus. Thankfully, they have survived. But the thought of them just having that, initially for me, I instantly thought death. And it, it was kind of heartbreaking to think of that, because I'm like, wow, some of these people, they, they contracted the virus because of work. Others have no idea. Um, how they contracted the virus. It's just, 
it's just a lot to wrap your head around. So my heart goes out to all the individuals that are supporting these people. Um, a larger group that I definitely want to salute would be all the healthcare professionals that work in a COVID-19 environment. I pray for them every night. I do know a few nurses and the few that I know. If you're listening, you're probably not. I call your name out personally if I know you and then I just do a blanket statement. All the nurses across the world that are treating and combating this virus on the front lines. I cannot imagine how overwhelmingly stressful work is for you right now and I use that to level set my experience with work because work is ever changing right now work is definitely very stressful there are always shifting deadlines shifting priorities and all of these jumping through hoops in order for me to be able to do my job and I get very frustrated with that process however I couldn't imagine what it must feel like to come to work know that there's nothing that you can do for the patients that you have to treat for the day um, knowing that probably three to, I don't know, five of them will die today, knowing that probably two to three died yesterday and the day before that and the day before that, knowing that these families won't even be able to commemorate life for this person for 14 days because of the virus still being alive for that amount of time and the limitations on burials and things like that and just knowing that there's a limit to what you can do also knowing that you're putting yourself at risk you're putting your family at risk when you go home um you don't know if today's going to be the day that you get the virus and even if you do get it you might not know for a couple of days because of um how long the symptoms can take to show um it has to be a very defeated position for you to be in because there's nothing that you can do it's it's beyond you and I often wonder, like, how do these healthcare professionals feel in relation to taking a vow and an oath to care for and, and um, exemplary care of these individuals and not being able to grant them that because of how aggressive the virus has been to them or because of just what kind of limitations there are on your day-to-day operation at a hospital. So, like, kudos to you. I'm very concerned for that group of people um, because I'm I'm sure that, you know, working in the hospital, you do see people die at the rate, the mortality rate at this point in relation to that virus in a hospital setting has to be astronomical mentally and emotionally. I cannot imagine what that group of people is going through. And I pray that at the end of all this, there will be an outpour of that kind of support for them that's free. And that really makes sure that we take care of the people that took care of us. I'm very concerned about them. Like, very concerned. So, another group of people that um, I've thought about, and I think social media has probably forced me to think about them, would be older family members that aren't in constant contact due to family um, members trying to be cautious. So, you know, social media has definitely allowed us to see the innovative ways that families are choosing to um, interact with each other and one of them being like going to older family members houses and celebrating them from the car because you're too concerned that you spread the virus to them um 
I didn't think about that group of people initially until I saw someone posting that, you know, um, their mother, their grandmother, their older aunt, whomever, that may normally interact with their children. Um, you could kind of just tell the difference and they were missing that child and that day-to-day -day interaction. And I didn't think about that. Um, and then it made me think back to when I was a little girl and my grandmother and my mom Ramsey were like my daily entertainment. And so I thought about like how it must have been for me to go to school for them and how difficult it must have been for me to just not be there every day and how involved they were when I would get out of school and on the weekends and the effort that they would make to just be present after the fact. And so I use those memories to pretty much understand how difficult it must be for older people that are used to seeing children that give them life, that give them energy, that push them to go for another day and not being able to physically interact with them, especially for people that their love language is physical touch. I'm sure they're losing their mind right now, especially if this is an old person that lives alone, um, that heightens all the issues there. So I'm, I'm definitely grateful for the innovation of just trying to be present in these people's lives without physically being in their home and without physically putting them at risk for the virus. The first group of people that I ever considered when we were all on the very stringent lockdown requirements would be the individuals that are being abused in their homes. <sighs> Y'all, like, I've never been abused, but I do feel like physical, mental, and emotional abuse in relationships is something that's at an all-time high. And it might not even be that it's at an all-time high. It may just be that it's more of a on the forefront kind of issue or concern. Um, I'm very concerned for the man or the woman that's getting beat every day or not being fed or getting cussed out or being torn down. Um, Self-esteem just in the pits, never appreciated. And, and you know, we can take this further. Like in this sense, I'm thinking about relationships or children that are being abused by their parents or caregivers. But, you know, there are those like parents that don't have control of their children and their children are definitely abusive and um, cuss them out, beat them, do whatever when they don't get their way. And in this case, they're not getting their way. Um, and in a lot of ways, you know, going to work or going to the gym or engaging in whatever their normal daily activities are is the escape from that abuse and to have to have that around the clock 24-7. Some of them are on the brink of losing it. Some of them are probably even considering suicide at this point and they're not in a place where they can seek help because they're under their, their abuser's radar um, 24 seven. So it's, it's very difficult for them to be able to get the assistance that they need. So I'm very concerned for them. And I, I also pray for them every day. Um, the other group of people that I consider are individuals with mental health struggles. Um, I'm actually a person that feels like I have quality mental health. Um, I'm pretty grounded. I have a lot of structure in my life. Um, I don't really have mental health issues. But some days I can feel myself kind of getting in what I would define as a depressed state and not like to the point where I'm just like staring at a wall crying or in a dark room 
falling apart. I'm just real like, ugh, I am so over this. And I get like so in my feelings about it that I can't even care to find some level of positivity. Um, like I said in my other episodes, I lose sight of purposefully being positive. Sometimes that's exhausting. Nobody wants to do that all the time. Like at some point, I feel like it's important for us to kind of just sit in how we feel. This is how I feel right now. I am not enjoying this. This is not fun. This is not what I want to do. I ain't happy about this. And I don't have a problem with saying that because I think in a lot of ways as adults, I think we're just expected to shake it off and just do whatever. Well, this is what we got to do. So we just got to move on with it. But you do have to like be honest with yourselves because I refuse to lie to myself and I refuse to not be clear with myself about what this experience has been for me. Um, so from a mental health perspective, people that already have separation anxiety are losing their mind. Um, people that thrive um, with interaction are losing their mind. Or those people that um, are fighting through whatever mental health struggles they have by interacting with other people because it allows them to suppress it. And I know suppressing your mental issues is not um, the best coping mechanism, but sometimes it's what keeps people moving through life. And for me, I would rather them do that than now be home and have this idle mind where they can consider every issue in their lives and allow that to control them and contain them in a way that is dangerous to themselves or detrimental to their existence. Um, I'm very concerned for that group of people. Now, another group of people, which I fall into this category, so this is probably why I empathize and sympathize with this group on a completely different level, but individuals that have had to cancel events um, due to social distancing requirements. Um, And I feel like to a certain degree, most of these people thrive socially in some respect. So, of course, that would be weddings, birthdays, baby showers, bridal showers, um, parties, um, trips, uh, retirement events, um, I don't know, recognition events, um, galas. If that's just your lifestyle, whatever it is. So, y'all already know I feel a way about not being able to go on my birthday trip and to be quite frank, at this point, I'm over here thinking to myself, considering all these new parameters of how we operate day to day, what will taking a trip look like in the future? What will those restrictions look like? And is it even worth taking the trip right now? Or should I just wait to the point where, you know, I can kind of enjoy my trip a little bit more because... I would hate to spend all this money to go on a trip and then get there and then be limited in what we can do and what we can enjoy. So I feel the same way about having any of these other events, like having a party, having a baby shower, having a bridal shower, having a wedding. If you can only have 20 people there, why have it? Especially when you had already planned to celebrate this with everyone on a larger scale, like I couldn't imagine my wedding being postponed because I feel like for me, I was so ready to get it over with by the time we got like really close to it. So being two weeks away from my wedding and being told that I have to wait six months, I would lose my mind. (laughs) I just, I can't, I can't even fathom that. And I feel for those brides and grooms and all the families that were eager to celebrate that. Um, 
and just that quick, I thought about, you know, think about all the people who have like aging family members and maybe they were just trying to have it on a certain date or somebody might be terminally ill and they want that person present at their wedding. And now that six month to a year window that they may be in with rescheduling their wedding, they may miss the opportunity to celebrate it with that person. Um, unfortunately, you know, some people, maybe they haven't gotten married at all. So maybe they held off getting married. Others have definitely jumped the broom um, on a smaller scale and then decided, oh, we'll have the full-fledged thing later. Um, it's just very... I, I, could, I know your frustration there, um, being able to look forward to something. Like for me at this point, vacation was the thing I was planning for. I had not actually taken a legitimate vacation in probably like six, eight, maybe even almost 10 months. Yeah, something like that. So I was definitely looking forward to this vacation. However, it was snatched away from me. And at this rate, I don't even know if vacation is going to be vacation if I try to continue that way. So whatever there. Um, beyond that, people looking forward to buying a car, buying a house, or some other major purchase decision that's been placed on hold because of things like losing a job or because of things like... Um, limitations on like what they're able to manage at this point if someone has reduced hours or whatever like that um maybe even limitations on like what kind of information they can get if it's not available digitally um people being out of the office so it's kind of hard for them to get in contact with the right kinds of people um whatever it is that's standing in the way of them being able to take that next step this sounds crazy, but 2020 started off as one of those years where me personally, I felt like I had it planned out. I, I had prepared well. I was clear about making sure all my ducks were in a row because there were a lot of things that I wanted to do this year. And right now they're all on hold. Um, and, you know, I kind of just have to at this point, I kind of just have to shrug my shoulders about it. But I definitely was frustrated and upset and pissed off because I feel like I planned everything out. And so being a planner in this environment, being a control freak in this environment is earth shattering because we no longer have control. Everything is so unclear. Everything is so, I don't know, we'll have to figure it out. I don't live like that. So it's very uncomfortable for me um, without a predetermined return to normal date. Like how long is this going to last? Is this going to be our new normal um, are we going to go through phases where we literally are only able to live our lives for three to four months a year and we're stuck in the house for the other half? Like, this is too much. Okay, so beyond that, I I become the person that just wants this to be over. Um, I miss my friends. I miss my family. And I miss people in general. And so coming from me, I'm not a people person. Um, if you are in my circle and if I actually like you, then I like people. But if, if we're talking about the awkward meeting strangers or even like interacting with people at work when they're trying to be too personable, we have a professional relationship. You're not my friend kind of thing. I hate people. But in this case, I actually even miss those interactions. And don't get me wrong, like, Obviously, I don't live alone. I live with my husband and I love him a whole lot and he loves me a whole lot as well. I think at some point, though, 
that becomes not enough because we've been in the house since March something. And you're talking about two months where my only like physical interactions with him. Um, he's also one of the people that is very high strung about the virus. So, um, my interactions with other people is very limited just because I, I want to like respect, um, how he feels about the virus and his level of caution, um, about the virus. But I also feel like he's extremely like fine with it. Like this is what we have to do to be safe. But I'm just like, at what point are we being too cautious? Because my bigger concern with like the cleanliness of America at this point or the consciousness of cleanliness at this point is that at some point we actually have to thrive with germs. We cannot live in a world where it's germ free. We will actually put ourselves at risk to be sick even more because of that. So I do understand the cautious nature of cleaning everything and all of that, but like, at what point do we clean too much? I don't know. I'm, I'm asking myself every. I'm, I play devil's advocate with everything in my head at this point because that's all I have time to do. But beyond that, I am also ready to identify and understand what our new normal will be. Um, I think, as a country, we've realized, and not even as a country, as an entire world. We have realized that whatever we've deemed normal might not ever be normal again. Like, I think we've gotten to a point where possibly wearing masks might be a permanent thing. Um, possibly always feeling like grocery stores have to clean the buggies first. And then we have to, like, always have hand sanitizer, always have alcohol wipes, always have Lysol, always have all these um, different cleaning products, always feel like you know, we go to the store and we come home and we have to do a complete strip at the door um, to make sure we're not like spreading those germs, washing that stuff immediately. And just being so cautious and conscious of all of those kinds of practices. I'm just curious, like, what is our new normal going to be? Can we call it out and kind of be clear about that? I don't know. It's just, it's real. I, I hate the uncertainty of how we're living right now. It's very uncomfortable. Um, beyond that, I just want to have the freedom to live my life the way I want to live it without restrictions. Um, I yearn for the day that social interactions are encouraged, like physical social interactions, where they actually want us to do that, where they actually need us to do that in order to continue to move the world forward. Um, and as I've already discussed, the elimination of like this German virus paranoia is the one thing that I would probably cut flips and run laps for whenever that happens. And lastly, like just wanting to have my life and my peace back and no longer having to be creative and find happiness within restrictions. Wow, I appreciate the innovation that the virus has brought. I think there is something about like physical interactions with your friends and just having those moments and memories. Now, of course, we, we have established new memories and we have established new ways of doing things, but there's just something about congregating together on one accord with good food, good drinks, good music, good laughs, good love, good support. And I hope that we don't become 
so enthralled in this digital existence of our world that we begin to etch away at the importance of those kinds of interactions because if this goes on for an extended period of time y'all we will become so dependent on our phone for communication or ipad or always wanting to do zoom or whatever whatever other digital options that we have that being around each other will become obsolete. I don't want that to happen because I, I think there's value in spending time together physically. Um, and I do kind of feel like this whole experience has forced me to value that a little bit more. And I'm, I'm normally one that I don't physically go home to visit my mom a lot, but at this rate, I think I might because I don't know. I just feel like I need to at this point. Like I need to take advantage of everything, every opportunity that I have to be around the people that I care about. Because if we go through this again, um, I'm limited in that nature. And at this point, I would have already seen my mom, my nephew, um, probably my sister, probably most of my friends, my coworkers, old friends. Um, and I can't do any of that. So. I hope that, and, and I know that this is definitely like a heavy conversation, but I think it's just important that as the world begins to return back to normal, that we remember all of these different people that are still struggling right now, that we are compassionate about what they have experienced and or are currently experiencing. And we are considerate and compassionate about how we manage our relationships with them. These are the people that we need to support the most because you have no idea what they're going through mentally. Um, and you know, where some of these things you may minimalize and say, gosh, that's not really that serious of an issue to that person. It had a major value. And I think sometimes you don't know what kind of sacrifices people have made to even prepare for certain things for them to be canceled. And then knowing the sacrifices that they've made, they kind of take that step back and start to question whether that sacrifice was even worth it or whether they should have even made that decision to begin with. And now how to double back and make whatever limitations or restrictions worth their while. Um, beyond that, I do feel like in a lot of ways, you know, we have to be conscious as a people. African-Americans do not make that much of the United States population. However, they are almost half of the coronavirus deaths as well as half, almost half of the coronavirus um, diagnoses. So if we're talking about that, then we can take this a little bit further and realize that the sacrifices that this group of people has made um, may, may have been stretching them far and wide and so if you see them on a plane taking a trip that's why if you see them on a boat taking a cruise that's why if you see them i don't know risking it all for a good time somewhere you have no idea like what they had to go through to get to that if they're celebrating something the trials tribulations and struggles to get to that finish line whatever it is um that's on one end on the other end you know as african people african-american people we don't 100 percent trust the law of the world around us because we don't feel like it's been put in place to protect us. It has actually been put in place to kill us or whatever um, theory you believe about that. I won't get into that, but I do understand that in a lot of ways we don't trust the government or the world that we live in to lead us in the right direction. And so we don't always take their plea for our safety serious or to heart. And because of that, we end up in this kind of situation where our people are dying 
quickly and rapidly because because of a virus that we don't even believe is true um and it has to be someone you know or it has to be someone close to you or it has to be a connection somewhere of real people with real experiences in order for it to be something that scares you or puts fear in you and maybe even it has to be that you lose something that you value most like your job or your livelihood or the things that keep you going every day in order for you to be clear about like what this virus means what your behavior means and how we need to act accordingly to succeed um I know this was a long discussion it was one that I needed to have for myself to really get my thoughts out my head. And so I hope that you all have enjoyed this discussion. I hope that this discussion has opened your eyes to the reality of the world that we're in, regardless of what our circumstances are. Just think about the, the people that you walk past in the grocery store or the gas station or that you drive by. If you're still going to work, you have no idea what they're going through at home. You have no idea what their troubles are. You have no idea how their circumstances are affecting them on a daily basis. So let's be encouraged to just consider someone else and pray for them and uplift them and keep them motivated and encourage them that this too shall pass. And this is only for a short while. On the other side of this, there'll be victory and we'll all be able to tell the story of how we survived the coronavirus. Thank you so much for listening. As always, please be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe, and make sure you come back for another episode. Bye!